Hello, I'm Mark Fuller, Ph.D., and welcome to the latest episode of The 5-Minute Expert, where today we are talking about smuggling. You might think this to be an odd topic for The 5-Minute Expert, and I would have typically agreed with you until I was reading last week how the British government used the game of Monopoly to smuggle money and information to British prisoners of war. I thought, now that's a creative and innovative solution to a problem. That got me to thinking about what other problems have people solved via smuggling, and so we're off. But before we get caught without mentioning our sponsor, let's say a word about Sneak It In. Trying to avoid taxes or duties on contraband products and don't want to risk fines or jail? Sneak It In can help. We take all the risk and you get all the reward minus our substantial commission fee. That's Sneak It In. Note terms and conditions apply. Sneak It In makes no express warranty about their services. No oral or written information given by the company shall create a warranty. T's and C's not valid in California, Arizona, New Mexico, or Texas. Well, smuggling is the illegal transportation of objects, substances, information, or people into a prison or across an international border in violation of laws and other regulations. Smuggling has a long and controversial history and probably came about when someone wanted to avoid paying taxes or duties on some goods. In 1275, Edward I, King of England, created a national customs collection system. Before long, people began to smuggle or export highly taxed items, namely wool and animal hides. Sometimes smuggling even involved prohibiting imports. When the English lost Gascony to the French in 1543, the English king forbade the import of French wine in an attempt to deprive the French of the revenues from their main export product. At times, smuggling represented a significant part of a city's business and revenue. In the mid-16th century in Bristol, England, smuggling grain out of the country was prohibited because of fears it would create food shortages and increase food prices. Yet many of the members of the city's elite engaged in smuggling, usually by hiding the illicit cargo or misrepresenting the description of the goods. In other parts of the country, particularly coastal towns, smuggling was much more economically significant than legal activities like fishing or farming. Even in colonial America, The British taxed tea and other goods in an effort to help pay for wars with other countries and to pay for the cost of troops in the colonies. Businessmen in port towns like Boston and New York City regularly smuggled goods into the country in an attempt to avoid these taxes. Throughout the 1700s, consumers found ways to avoid the heavy taxes and duties levied on popular products. A complex network of smuggling brought untaxed sundries from Britain. Fishermen's boots were filled with gloves and jewelry. Women's petticoats were padded out with lace and silk stocking. Hollow loaves of bread concealed amber and more lace. Sailcloth was furled around tobacco and rolls of silk. Tea was high on the list of these smuggled desirables. When the Brits clamped down on these smuggling activities, Local colonial businessmen who purchased these illegal products, like John Hancock and Samuel Adams, who were big-time tea smugglers, protested. 
Smuggling is a broad term, but smuggling encompasses so many items and categories. Literally anything and everything either has been or is being smuggled somewhere in the world. Goods like alcohol, tobacco, guns, and other weapons, and even, unfortunately, people, particularly women and children, even wildlife like exotic animals or plants, it just runs the gamut, things that are being smuggled. The economics of smuggling are this. The price of the good increases as the risk of significant penalties or punishment to the smuggler increases. And here's another economic rule of smuggling. Goods move from low-tax locations to high-tax locations where they can be sold at a higher margin. It's been reported that smuggling one truckload of cigarettes within the U.S. can lead to a profit of $2 million. Concealment is the interesting part of smuggling to me. Smugglers have to continually be creative in how they hide their goods. The obvious concealment choices are in a person's clothing or luggage or even body cavity, such as the balloon swallowers who transport heroin and other drugs in small balloons they've swallowed prior to traveling across a border. Goods are also smuggled in shipping containers and cars and trucks. The media and popular culture focus on criminal organizations as the primary smugglers, but in reality, legitimate businesses who misrepresent products or underdeclare them are the biggest offenders. Over time, people have tried to smuggle some pretty strange things. For example, border agents at the Mexico-U.S. border found a man sewn into a leather car seat. A man sewn into a leather car seat. Another guy tried to smuggle a Bengal tiger cub into the U.S. while driving across the border. He told agents it was just a regular house cat. They didn't buy it and it got him six months in jail. An airline passenger flying from L.A. to Tokyo tried to take 45 Snicker candy bars with him on the plane. Maybe all he wanted was a sugar rush. Turns out there was $250,000 worth of amphetamine under the wrappers. Another group of smugglers tried to carry packs of cigarettes in their car tires as they crossed the border. They were stopped in their tracks. No pun intended. Well, carrying meat from the U.S. to Mexico in private vehicles is almost universally banned. This didn't stop one woman from stashing 230 pounds of bologna in her car and trying to cross the border. Needless to say, she was sandwiched in by the authorities and left without her favorite carnivorous provision. In a case of cosmetic commitment, a woman was stopped as she tried to fly from Bogota to Barcelona. It seems her breast implants were filled with illegal narcotics instead of saline. Busted, literally and figuratively. We could go on and on. Smuggling isn't always glamorous, as evidenced by two Houston smugglers who decided to smuggle huge amounts of cash made from narcotics sales in the cavity of their car, normally reserved for the car's airbags. Unfortunately, they were in a car crash and got killed when they had no airbags to deploy. In this instance, smuggling just didn't pay. Well, Larry, what do you have for us from the peanut gallery today? Rasputin from Russia emailed to share his experience with smuggling. Quote, I was working at the Moscow airport when the KGB detained a man who seemed to be carrying a lot of extra luggage. 
Turns out he didn't pack a bunch of extra pants, but extra pairs of pantyhose filled with seven snakes. The snakes were seized and he was carted off to Siberia. He has never been heard from again. Rasputin, thank you for sharing your favorite smuggling memory. Larry says his favorite smugglers are those who sneak bananas. Wouldn't you know it? Bananas is all you have on the brain lately. Anyway, tell one person about the podcast today. You'll be glad you did. <laughs>